2: Bring in show music,
1: please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Claire Odimodi. Today on Squawk Pod. What's a recession? Well, depends who you ask. But whatever the definition, there's one big bottom line.
3: When you're paying more for gas, when you're paying more for groceries, people feel that
2: pinch very quickly.
1: While Americans feel that pinch, author and Harvard professor Arthur Brooks says, it's all weighing on our happiness.
2: Look, we're not fools. We know that 10 years of wanton money printing and then two years of throwing it out of a helicopter, that's gonna have costs to it.
1: Those stories today, plus Disney Plus, not just G-rated, endemic, monkeypox, and wow, this story about Elon Musk's possible affair with a Google founder's wife, what goes on among the billionaires?
4: How does that happen? So billionaires, they go to parties. Hey, we're having a party. Invite uh, Jeff Bezos, Sergey Brin, Elon Musk. Well, how far down do you go?
1: It's Monday, July 25th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now.
3: Stand Becky by in three,
1: two, one, feel free. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box
3: here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin.
1: First up on the podcast and first up on most Americans' minds, the R word. A few days ago, the White House penned a blog post outlining its stance on what constitutes a recession now. The widely accepted economic definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. Last quarter, if you remember, GDP declined at a rate of 1.4%. And with recession fears swirling around Wall Street and Main Street and America's second quarter GDP data coming out this Thursday, the White House is presumably trying to get in front of things. In the aforementioned blog post, the White House cites different metrics for recession. The National Bureau of Economic Research, for example, considers the recession to be a significant decline of economic activity across sectors and across more than a couple of months. By that yardstick, Council of Economic Advisers Chair Cecilia Rao says we're probably just fine, even if, as expected, the economy contracts for the second quarter in a row. Rao spoke to our own Kayla Tausche this past Friday.
3: The National Bureau of Economic Research Business Dating Committee actually uh, officially dates recessions. And when they look at the economy, they look at a broad number of uh, measures, two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth, while very important, and they would take note, is not dispositive. Importantly, they put a lot of weight on employment. They look at consumption. They look at personal Mm -hmm. income.
1: Those things, employment, expenditures, personal income, they're mostly growing, the White House touts, even while inflation also grows. Yesterday on Meet the Press, Treasury Secretary and former Fed Chair Janet Yellen backed up Cecilia Rouse and the rest of her colleagues.
3: Many economists uh, expect second quarter GDP to be negative. First quarter GDP was negative. So we could see that happen and that will be closely watched, but I do want to emphasize What a recession really means is a broad-based contraction in the economy. And even if
1: that number is negative, we are not in a recession now. She said the economy needs to start growing at a steady and sustained pace and that the slowdown right now is necessary, even appropriate. I'll toss it back to Joe.
4: We are starting to see some cracks in certain sectors, but I I would not call this a recession, even if we did have back-to-back.
5: Quarters of the, of the
4: Look,
3: I think it's, it's all pro- pandemic, it's, prob- but it's, all it's problematic up. to have the it's administration trying to change the definition. It is, it's but I kind, of, a, I kind of agree.
4: You the agree with the administration? They're I kind of do. I'm going to tell I, I just
3: don't think it's a smart place for the administration to weigh in. It, it looks just, political. It's when not
4: hard. I know it does. Well, that I, you know, that's good. I hope they get a lot of criticism for that. But I kind of think they're on to something. Let's see what the administration says. Don't you think if it's if if we're at three six unemployment? And that could back up quickly to four, four and a half, something like that. But but what we think of as a garden variety rece- uh, recession, just that doesn't feel like that, but it's probably all pandemic. Nothing's the same as it was. Bank
3: of America will tell you still that, that people are pretty flush. Consumers are flush. They have more money in their in their accounts. They're able to spend more. They're able to cover more, but it's, it's what's coming next that people are worried about. So and do when we you're just... paying more at the pump, which by but, the way, prices at the pump came down a little bit last week so too. But when you're paying more for gas, when you're paying more for groceries, people feel that pinch very quickly.
4: Do they know it's going to be a negative number? Should we just assume it's going to be a negative number? GDP? GDP? I think well, that's to, the thing, when they come out, saying. you know, when they start talking like this, then you think, well, it's probably some, they, they don't, they, they probably don't know. They just have the same input we have, which right, makes which it kind of look like it does that, look,
3: yeah. Right.
4: yep. So we'll have a, when we talk about things i assume everybody's seen a lot of what we've seen because everybody is a business news junkie you, you so maybe uh, maybe people out there have different people they follow on twitter it's not just business people you think there's people that didn't see that the white house was doing that or know that janet yellen said that Some yesterday people
5: wait to hear, to hear, for, hear from, hear from directly from us yeah okay
4: well in that case the white house is now spinning that this is not going to be a recession even with another negative quarter of GDP, but I still kind—I never thought it, it, it. You know, I've had my problems with some of the stuff Secretary Yellen has said in the last year and a half or so, but I. I was sort of nodding. Listen, I, I think the pandemic throws everything out of whack. I don't know what...
3: It does, but it, there are lots of sectors where people are feeling the crunch. If, if you are suddenly seeing a slowdown from what retailers are wanting to stock up with because they've had too many supply things, if they're not ordering in other areas, there but, are places in the economy where you are seeing like a hard break because, again, they've been whipsawed by the economy. They were tra- chasing after demand. Now they're shutting things down because they got burned by that. Uh-huh. It's, there Arthur, are areas of the economy where they are slamming the brakes.
4: I thought about this with, we're going to have Arthur Brooks on. Yes, People we are. love when we have Arthur Brooks on. keeps it, everybody happy. About, he does. Trying talks about happiness. That, trying to find the happy But it's harder things. to find happiness right now. And, and all along, Arthur's deal has always been that, you know what brings happiness? The the value of work, the value of, of earned success, the value of making a place for yourself in the world. doesn't matter how much money you make, but but when you're... You're, you're going out, you're doing it, you're getting it done, you're supporting yourself. You're, that's, that's part of happiness. And how much of that has changed now? You don't go out and work, you stay home at work. Um, there's inflation, so no matter what you make, you, you, you don't make enough to, so it's, it's harder and harder to be happy right now. Although I'm ecstatic this morning just to be with you too.
3: President Biden's physician, Dr. Kevin O'Connor, provided an update on his condition yesterday after Thursday's COVID diagnosis. He said that the president was not experiencing any shortness of breath or reduced oxygen levels and that his main symptom yesterday was a sore throat. He also said other symptoms had diminished considerably in his words. The president does plan to continue to isolate.
5: Meantime, we have uh, some news over the weekend. The World Health Organization activating its highest alert level for the growing monkeypox outbreak declaring uh, the virus a public health emergency of international concern. That means WHO views the outbreak as a significant one that's enough to uh, threaten the global health uh, world uh, that a coordinated international response is needed to prevent the virus from spreading further and potentially escalating into a pandemic. The current outbreak is unusual because it's spreading widely in North America and Europe where the virus is not usually found. Yesterday morning, Dr. Scott Golly tweeted, quote, if we have allowed monkeypox to become an endemic virus in the U.S., which is becoming an increasingly possible outcome, it will be among the most unfortunate public health failures in recent times.
3: Endemic monkeypox? Everywhere.
5: Everywhere apparently. It's hard it's, it's it's pretty close contact,
4: from what I can tell.
3: Yes, but you can pick it up in shared bedding, anything like it, you get which makes you start wondering about it. you okay. use a blan- the, the blanket be okay. on a plane. It should be
4: okay, there. You oh, you the have like a hotel? On, or a
3: hotel? You start thinking of issues no, like every that. Every hotel changes or the sheets. Or if every something,
4: night. <laughs> and watch out. The be, and the
3: bedspreads. Right, they change the bed bugs every night. The bedspreads haven't been changed in those places. Anymore.
4: No, I know. Do not go in there with a, with one of those fluorescent lights. No. Do not. Remember that. I reports. Yes. Yep. Let's not talk
3: about it. And that. look out for the TV remotes too.
4: Is that a bad one too? Mm
3: everything.
5: Don't eat Cheetos while you're watching this. I'll tell you actually one that people don't think about. The glasses in the hotel bathroom. Oh, those have never
3: been washed. Never been washed. Don't drink from them. No.
5: How often do they change the the, I don't know why we're
3: doing this. How often do they change the
4: tongs at Golden Corral in the salad thing?
3: As a former salad bar girl at Golden Corral, I can tell (laughs) you not very frequently.
4: Do they wipe down the sneeze?
3: Yes. in a while.
4: Let me talk about Elon Musk personally. Here comes the T- mo- TMZ moment, meets please. CNBC, right for a here. For moment, please. Um, making headlines this morning. It's coming out of a paper that, you know, we have to talk about what's in this paper because it's business news. The Wall Street Journal reports that uh, Musk engaged in a brief affair last fall with the wife of Google, co-founder Sergey Brin. The report says that Brin and his wife uh, were separated but still living together at the time of the alleged uh, liaison. Eleven hours after the journal piece was published, though, Musk tweeted, "This is total BS. Sergey and I are friends, and we're at a party together last night. I've only seen Nicole twice in three years, both times uh, with many people around. Well, that's, the other people. That's right? kind of sick. Uh, oh, wait. Never mind. Uh, nothing romantic. Uh, Bryn, <laughs> Bryn filed." For diver- divorce earlier this year, the journal piece says Bryn ordered his financial advisors to sell his personal investments in Musk's companies. Musk and Bryn have been friends for many years. Musk has said in the past that he regularly cr- uh, crashed at Bryn's house in Silicon Valley.
3: Well,
5: I have what? what I don't know I don't, what don't, to I say. I don't know anything. Because I know he's nothing. denying it, I I want to believe that. Right. I don't understand the story, but the story had. These details, where he's getting down on his knee in front of Brynn to apologize for this—did you see that? Beg for forgiveness. To beg for forgiveness, so who knows? I don't know. I have, I don't.
4: I have nothing
3: know? further to I, add I, here. I don't <laughs> think I do either.
4: I think that's a good—it's uh, a good disclaimer.
3: Take Charlie Munger's words of yeah. advice. What here do we know? we
4: don't know Diddly. <laughs> Cheese will
1: be next. Next on Squawk Pod, the summer of our discontent.
2: What do you find that the populist right in America and the cultural left, they both don't believe in capitalism. They both don't believe in an open society. They both believe that that we're being threatened constantly by these forces outside ourselves, and they're trying to make people really afraid.
1: Happiness crusader and Harvard professor Arthur Brooks delves into why consumers are bummed out. We'll be right back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Stand Andrew
5: by, up and Andrew, Q. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Sorkin, along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan on this Monday morning.
3: You probably know this if you filled up your car recently, but gasoline prices continue to tick lower. According to AAA, the national average fell just below $4.36. That's down 16 cents from a week ago. And of course, it's been following the price of cr- crude oil. Last week, crude oil prices were down significantly. This morning, you're seeing a little bit of a bounce, but uh, only to $95.86. And that tells us about where we've been when we're saying only to $95. At least we're not in the $100 plus range. So still below that at $95.76. Of course, unless you're looking at Brent, $104.28 right now.
4: Now, the rate hike uh, is expected at this week's two-day Fed meeting. I mean we complain about our jobs sometimes. Think if you had to go to a meeting and they said how long is the meeting going to be? And they said two days. (laughs) What are we going to talk about? Um,
3: And is it Zoom or is it in person? Exactly.
4: A two day meeting. It'd be like okay. Never mind. I quit. As the central bank attempts to to tame decades high inflation and CNBC's uh, recent all America economic survey paints a grim economic picture. With a record number of respondents saying the economy will decline, uh, the worst economic outlook measure, CNBC's recorded in 15 years. Who's counting uh, of the survey? Let's bring in Arthur Brooks, AEI um, uh, President Emeritus and a Harvard professor and a senior fellow who recently penned his 100th column for The Atlantic. Uh, Talks about happiness. Thanks for joining us, Arthur Brooks. How many do the? Atlantic, I'm surprised the Atlantic lets you publish anything. Uh, are you sort of like the the exception of the rule? They go, look, we don't have to have anybody else that's reasonable. We just have Arthur Brooks. So that, that's a heavy load for you.
2: Uh, there's a few of us out there. There's a few of okay. us, uh, you know, free market thinkers Surprise out there. you're not there. canceled. The, you know, well, I don't know.
4: Yeah. Okay. So they say, let's get one of them uh, for the Atlantic. We used to have. What's happened to David Walker? Do you remember him, David yeah, Walker? I do. So Former they,
3: controller of the United States. And he was
4: head of the Peterson Foundation, Pete Peterson. Yeah. His job was to make sure we don't run up deficits too high. And every time yeah. he came on, I said, you suck at your job. You're, now your job is to instill happiness in the general population. <laughs> you are doing, you are making, you got, you're not getting anywhere. This is the oh, unhappiest man. population in the history of the world and it kind of coincides
2: with when you decided you're going to try and make people happy brooks yeah i know i'm giving up no actually it's your <laughs> fault arthur <laughs> it's all my fault i got it look you know the most it's a tough thing. time seriously
4: um it is a it, tough it, now time. let's get into the, the inflation thing because it is very difficult right now um yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy but we're lucky
2: yeah no this is the key thing and you know one of the things that i see again and again in the press is that economists like me are amazed that people don't see the changes in gasoline prices they're starting to fall food prices are starting to fall and and we're still really bummed out as a nation about the fact that we appear to be going into recession most Americans don't have this information like economists do thank god we couldn't have an we couldn't have a country like that but what people know is that something's not right and and the reason is because something isn't right look we're not fools. We know that 10 years of wanton money printing and then two years of throwing it out of a helicopter, that's going to have costs to it. You know, these old you know, horror films when people say it's quiet, too quiet. You know, that's how people have felt going into this thing. And, and we feel actually as Americans that, that we are going into recession because in point of fact, we are going into recession, and that makes people really unhappy. You find that losing assets is much harder than gaining assets emotionally for people. And so we actually have to, to take that on and, and, and acknowledge that and stop spinning the American public as if we're just ignorant. We're trying to
4: figure out, too. I, I saw some crazy, you know, drudge is crazy. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying I see anything really of that much value there, but they're talking about, like, civil war uh, in, in, in states that want to secede. And we're so divided right now. Uh, arthur and i'm trying to figure out you know when it started in 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 what that's from because it doesn't really seem to be getting any better uh at this point then i started thinking do you remember for years you wrote about earned success right and your your basic thesis was that the, the country was still center right and that the best way to run things was that people had to to earn their own success and the value of of making a place for yourself in the world and and it didn't matter you know you know whether you make a, a million dollars or whether you make you know whatever if, if you're if you're getting up in the the value of work the value of of just participating in society that's that's what would make people happy has something changed with the pandemic not going back to work um I don't know,
2: hating your coworkers if they differ from you politically. I mean, what yeah. what happened? Well, basically what's happened is we've gone into a fear based polarity in American politics and American culture. And this happens from time to time. This is there's nothing new about this. And what happens is that the polarization occurs through you know opposites, usually about five to seven percent of the political left and five percent or seven percent of the political right and they weirdly come together on certain things to 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 frighten and fire up the American public and so You know, what do you find that the populist right in America and the cultural left, they both don't believe in capitalism. They both don't believe in an open society. They both believe that that we're being threatened constantly by these forces outside ourselves. And they're trying to make people really afraid. People are highly motivated when they're afraid. Now, the problem with that, of course, is that we're being manipulated by somewhere between 10 and 15 percent of the population. And then you throw on
4: social media. We've never had that.
2: We've never had that before
4: where. I would describe some of it. I, you know, people with zero followers. It's like you used to spray paint overpasses. That used yeah. to be you. Now yeah. you, you, you know, you text
2: me on on Twitter. Yeah, and we can get to you. And the most amazing thing is, what people are starting to realize is that a guy with zero followers on Twitter and and who's just trying to frighten and fire people up, he can he can send a tweet to 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 Joe Kernan on on on, on the best show on TV on he Squawk Box, and yeah. he might get it on the set. It's amazing. Do you.
4: Andrew, Andrew, what do, you, do you have any? Well, yeah, what so what
5: to... I just want to know, the Arthur, is, so I agree that, and you're seeing it on, uh, on, the, on the right and the left, mm-hmm. you know, my view is it's not equal, but we can debate that. I um, agree. You probably, <laughs> I absolutely agree. They agree, it's not even close. You think it's not even close? Not even close. I mean, when they're talking about arresting Fauci and they're trying to convince I, I mean, you see some of the stuff. the
4: poli- I, 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 I think you, you okay. know. Come so on, let's go back to where, it's where it's we close. agree. You yeah, both so agree and let's I move I don't on. even think
5: it's close. Okay, so and, uh, Arthur, I, I don't think it's close, but we, I, I, I don't think we can debate that because you look at like Marjorie Taylor Greene we saying things that are just it.
4: so got, cuckoo for, for Cocoa pops. I'll match your like, Marjorie Taylor Greene and raise you an AOC and a, uh,
5: you know, take your pick. So the question though, Arthur, is why people that are affiliated or lean towards one party or the other who are more centrist are not speaking out against those on the, the far right or the far left because they're worried, frankly, about being canceled themselves. How do you yeah. fix that? Because until people can actually speak out and say, you know what, this stuff on both sides is so crazy
2: that we can't have it, you're never really gonna get to the promised land, I don't think. No, that's exactly right. And that's ultimately what happens with leadership, that somebody will stand up who actually represents us. You know, we are the 85% of the population that, that, that are not falling for lies. And these are lies. That capitalism has failed, that's a lie. That America is not a gift to the world. That's a lie. But both sides agree on that, that your neighbors are your enemies because they don't vote like you. That is a colossal. That is the big lie of America today. And leaders will stand up. And the, the way to stand up, however, is not the way that leaders are doing it right now. Here's the mistake. See, moral courage is not standing up to the people with whom you disagree. It's standing up to the people with whom you agree on behalf of those with whom you disagree. And when leaders actually start doing that, punch in the nose, the populist on your side, the cultural left leader, the the out-of-control TV show host, the... I mean that the, the politician that's trying to make everybody afraid on your side. If you, if those are the people that are more or less on your team, that you stand up to and say, "No, I will not put up with this. You will not frighten me and people who think like would, me would, anymore." Then we've it, got a new day.
4: Would better economic times make a difference? And, and we, you know, we did. We came through the pandemic. We came through the financial crisis. We came through the pandemic. Uh, now we're we're in a period of where we may be entering it. I don't know. what We're arguing about recessions, but we know that we have. Multi-decade highs in, in inflation, and it's hard, they, you know people go to the grocery store, the gas station. It's gotten a little better, but um, so that's why we're at fifteen percent, headed in the right direction when they ask people. But if 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 I don't
2: think an economic improvement solves all the other problems
4: that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, economic
2: improvement about. that's actually healthy might do it. The, one of the things that we've seen is that. That uh, People knew, both experts and the American public knew, that coming out of the financial crisis and and going into and coming out of the coronavirus epidemic, that a lot of the the performance of the economy was was induced by artificial means. Once we actually get growth on the basis of, of productivity in the economy, that we actually have people investing in a way that's healthy, that we have people working together across parties to get policies that actually are not just destroying our, our economy with a deficit, et cetera, you know, that's when we're actually going to get the kind of growth that can give people the, the, the optimism that they really deserve. And I think that coming out of the, look, we're going into recession. We know that. We're probably, who knows, maybe this week going to find out that we are in recession. okay but we're gonna come out of it. There's been 14 recessions like this since World War II. On average, it lasts about a year and a half until we come back to where we were. This is what the promised land can actually be, but we need political leadership that's unifying for the first time in more than a decade. And that means if you're on the right, you gotta stand up to the populist right. And if you're on the left, you gotta stand up to the cultural left on campuses, on social media, and in politics. If we can do that, we get leaders at doing that, I'm telling you, it's a new day. Is it
4: possible if uh, with Twitter, is it possible with social media? Is it possible with anonymous, you know, like, I, like I was talking about, it, basically just graffiti, profane Cash. graffiti that you can send anonymously and it gets picked up? It's, it's no different than what we used to see on, like I say, on an overpass.
2: Yeah, except that here's the interesting thing. You see that all of these, you know, what we talked about on the show, that these social media companies are starting to suffer a little bit. You find that you know, the, the growth in, in users is starting to decline. You know what? People are getting bored. People are starting to get bored with the yelling. People are starting to get bored with the frightening messages and all the kind of the nonsense that's going on. It's just a it's just a sideshow. What we need to do is to to stimulate more of that attitude of standing up to this and saying this is stupid. This is actually not what we like. It's not what we want. We demand to actually have a better country that's stronger and happier. And by the way, Somebody who disagrees with me is not my enemy. It's my friend who's going to actually make me better. That's actually possible. All right. Well, we'll see how when when
4: when it's Trump against Hillary again in 2024, we'll see how that maybe animatter meets man, Maybe we'll just everything will just stop. <laughs> maybe the whole yeah. world will just explode if that yeah. happens again. No, no.
3: Cats and dogs living together.
4: Cats and dogs living <laughs> together. No, but he's the right.
5: Of our he's content. right. Yeah. No, but people have to stand up and say he say what right. they say what they actually think. Well, he said that they need to say I'm to very their happy. own people. I am congrats. very happy, as you know, to say, to, to talk. <laughs> no, to talk yeah, about okay. capitalism. I uh, think that you know AOC has has, has been a has been very difficult on a lot of these issues. Well, we what we shouldn't have been. But around. I'm saying you got to do it on both sides, my friend.
1: We've got to run. Coming up, Disney Plus adding R rated movies. The perils of too many streaming options and trivia.
4: Liam Neeson was in it too.
0: When Squawkwood returns.
4: That's what I got out of this story. The value
5: add.
0: Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com active cash. Welcome back to Squawk Pod.
1: Here's Joe Kernan.
4: And Disney Plus has finally begun streaming R rated movies for the first time. It's part of the company's push to attract new subscribers. Among the first R rated offerings are three superhero movies, uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, and, and Logan, and it's, it's, it's just hard to imagine trying to program to adults without R-rated movies because they're pretty tame, most, okay, so most R-rated movies.
5: to me the bigger strategic question which is if Disney Plus is going to start pursuing R-rated movies right now they've had Disney Plus over here, Hulu over here and the idea was that Hulu was going to be the sort of brand for adults more or adult oriented Content or for, for, for older people to watch, right? If they start to move towards R rated movies and things like that, could they take all the content that effectively lives on Hulu, move that into the Disney Plus package, and effectively then sell the Hulu franchise elsewhere? This has always been a, a question mark about whether Disney will ultimately keep Hulu or try to sell it. Of course, Comcast parent company. Or I was going to
3: say, as a part of the negotiation well, say, with Comcast, uh, Comcast, Comcast to to parent company out how much to this they network,
5: of course. You know, has always been seen as a possible buyer of Hulu, if in fact they'd ever sell Hulu, um, or not. It has to.
3: It has to factor into the. But
5: once you move, but once you move content like this into the sort of Disney Plus realm, which by the way might be the easier path for Disney, the idea of having to have multiple right now, they have Disney Plus here, they have ESPN Plus, and they and Hulu, and they're all trying to do all three of them one shot. If you start to move some of that kind of content over here. Does that give you an opportunity to create some more cash value by selling Hulu? Or strategically, do you want to own Hulu because you don't want anybody else to own it?
3: Well, then the, the bigger problem becomes if you merge them in a, all into one, what do you charge for that service? Because right now you've got three different pay streams that you can charge on these. Correct. Things. If you're going to merge them into one, that's great always, and it makes sense, but are you going to charge three times as much? Are you going to add all those subscriptions to This has always been the conundrum
5: for, for CBS and Paramount Plus. They have Paramount Plus on one side, they have Showtime over here. They're capturing cash from both.
3: If you your revenu- want to run all you, that you content want it in one place. place, but you you're, if you're are you if doubling th- your revenue, right. your, your if you think you could grow that platform
5: and it would actually help and then, by you grow the, way, the platform, maybe you're
3: actually right. a cable box again.
5: We're going to go, but just for for the trivia aspect of this,
4: yeah. the Deadpool long before was a superhero movie. It was the fifth and final installment of the Dirty Harry series. With, oh yeah, there right. right. called right. the Deadpool, and the first guy who gets murdered was an, a total unknown named Jim Carrey. It was 1988. Really? And it wasn't until 1994, really, when Ace Ventura, where he just became a megastar, uh, the Canadian actor. But uh,
5: that's what I got out of the story. The value add. <laughs> the, that's the real value add. I mean, that's the, just I, sort of about Liam what's going to happen. Liam there.
4: Neeson was in it, too. Which, and he wasn't a huge star at that point. He's also a megastar. Mega. Star he that is. guy As has a got a, a whole franchise rolling now, and he did it with a lot of setbacks in Hollywood because he's like 6'3". and everybody's like, "You can't be an actor," you know. We got to lower all, we got to raise all the doorways that make our five foot four inch actors look tall. They did that for for John Lee. Yeah. That yeah. That's
1: the pod for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts we'll meet you back here tomorrow
2: we are clear thanks guys
0: sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential